You're listening to What's New with Wired. This episode is brought to you by ShipStation. You know, some things take a lot of work, like sending little robots to far-off distant planets. And just as that's challenging, so too is running a successful e-commerce business, especially when there's so much to do. So I want to introduce you all to ShipStation. Now, I love using ShipStation because of its easy-to-use dashboard, which makes managing orders and printing labels a breeze and super smooth. Oh, and the customer service is just out of this world. It's exactly what you need to help grow your business. Sign up for your free 60-day trial at ShipStation.com slash technews. That's ShipStation.com slash technews. This podcast is supported by Tools and Weapons, the podcast hosted by Microsoft Vice Chair and President Brad Smith. Each episode features insight you won't find anywhere else from the center of the conversation surrounding emerging technologies like AI. Right now on the podcast, you can hear a special episode where Brad Smith lays out Microsoft's vision for a vibrant marketplace driving the new AI economy. To hear more, follow or subscribe to Tools and Weapons with Brad Smith wherever you get your podcasts. It's Monday, January 1st. I'm Zeke Robison. Today we're talking about your money funding fossil fuels without you knowing it. Make sure to listen to the end to find out what other Wired podcasts you can check out today. When you drop money in the bank, it looks like it's just sitting there, ready for you to withdraw. In reality, your institution makes money on your money by lending it elsewhere, including to the fossil fuel companies driving climate change, as well as emissions-heavy industries like manufacturing. So just by leaving money in a bank account, you're unwittingly contributing to worsening catastrophes around the world. According to a new analysis, for every $1,000 the average American keeps in savings, each year they indirectly create emissions equivalent to flying from New York to Seattle. We don't really take a look at how the banks are using the money we keep in our checking account on a daily basis, where that money is really circulating, says Jonathan Foley, executive director of Project Drawdown, which published the analysis. But when we look under the hood, we see that there's a lot of fossil fuels. By switching to a climate-conscious bank, you could reduce those emissions by about 75%, the study found. In fact, if you moved $8,000, the median balance for U.S. customers, the reduction in your indirect emissions would be twice that of the direct emissions you'd avoid if you switched to a vegetarian diet. Put another way, you as an individual have a carbon footprint by driving a car, eating meat, running a gas furnace instead of a heat pump, but your money also has a carbon footprint. Banking, then, is an underappreciated yet powerful avenue for climate action on a mass scale. Not just voting every four years, or not just skipping the hamburger, but also where my money sits, that's really important, says Foley. Just as you can borrow money from a bank, so too do fossil fuel companies and the companies that support that industry. Think of building pipelines and other infrastructure. Even if it's not building new pipelines, for a fossil fuel company to be doing just its regular operations, whether it's maintaining the network of gas stations that it owns, or maintaining existing pipelines, or paying its employees, it's going to need funding for that, says Patty McCulley, senior analyst at Reclaim Finance, an NGO focused on climate action. A fossil fuels company need for those loans varies from year to year, given the fluctuating prices of those fuels. That's where you, the consumer, comes in. 
The money that an individual puts into their bank account makes it possible for the bank to then lend money to fossil fuel companies, says Richard Brooks, climate finance director at Stand.Earth, an environmental and climate justice advocacy group. If you look at the top 10 banks in North America, each of them lends out between $20 billion and $40 billion to fossil fuel companies each year. The new report finds that on average, 11 of the largest U.S. banks lend 19.4% of their portfolios to carbon-intensive industries. To be very clear, oil, gas, and coal companies wouldn't be able to keep producing these fuels when humanity needs to be reducing carbon emissions dramatically and rapidly without these loans. New fossil fuel projects aren't simply fleeting endeavors, but will operate for years, locking in a certain amount of emissions going forward. At the same time, Brooks says, big banks are underfinancing the green economy. As a civilization, we're investing in the wrong kind of energy if we want to avoid the ever-worsening effects of climate change. Yes, 2022 was the first year that climate finance surpassed the trillion-dollar mark. However, the alarming aspect is that climate finance must increase by at least fivefold annually as swiftly as possible to mitigate the worst impacts of climate change, says Valerio Micale, senior manager of the Climate Policy Initiative. An even more critical consideration is that this cost, which would accumulate to $266 trillion until 2050, pales in comparison to the costs of inaction, estimated at over $2,000 trillion over the same period. Smaller banks, at least, are less likely to be providing money for the fossil fuel industry. A credit union operates more locally, so it's much less likely to be fronting money for, say, a new oil pipeline. Big fossil fuel companies go to the big banks for their financing, says Brooks. They're looking for loans in the realm of hundreds of millions of dollars, sometimes multi-billion dollar loans, and a credit union wouldn't be able to provide that. This makes banking a uniquely powerful lever to pull when it comes to climate action, Foley says. Compared to switching to vegetarianism or veganism to avoid the extensive carbon emissions associated with animal agriculture, money is easy to move. If large numbers of people start to tell their financial institutions that they don't really want to participate in investing in fossil fuels, that slowly kind of drains capital away from what's available for fossil fuels, says Foley. While the new report didn't go so far as to exhaustively analyze the lending habits of the thousands of banks in the U.S., Foley says there's a growing number that deliberately don't invest in fossil fuels. If you're not sure about what your bank is investing in, you can always ask. I think when people hear we need to move capital out of fossil fuels into climate solutions, they probably think only Warren Buffett can do that, says Foley. That's not entirely true. We can all do a little bit of that. Make sure to check out our other Wired podcasts. Today in Wired Business, Apple's tight grip on iMessage is spurring fresh calls for an antitrust probe. Checking in on Wired Science, a demographic time bomb is about to hit the beef industry. And on Wired Security, America's big AI safety plan faces a budget crunch. Listen to these stories and more at wired.com podcasts. Spoken Layer. Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Our show features our team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more— 
and they'll help you make the most of your money while cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. You'll get clarity on strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. 